Welcome, welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I'm your co-host, Kieran Lefebvre, white belt under the great and powerful Adam Charles. I'm so great, I'm so powerful, Adam Charles. I like how you just decide to sing things sometimes. Oh, bro, I don't know. I just keep it fresh. Keep it fresh, know? daisy fresh. You gotta, oh. I've, I've said that joke so many <laughs> times. You? Every time someone <laughs> says fresh now, I'm thinking like in jiu-jitsu context, I always go daisy fresh. Do you? My, I don't know why. My head goes to hello fresh. <laughs> hello fresh yeah hello fresh uh, people not from australia probably don't know it's like a food ordering service thing yeah where they send you ingredients I'm sure and it is you, international oh maybe it is maybe it is yeah anyway they they send you a box full of ingredients and then you still have to cook it yeah it's bullshit <laughs> it's fucking shit <laughs> i've gotten it before yeah we my my wife and i got it for a while it was cool to like you know actually the thing that we uh, got the most out of it opposed to because it's yeah not ready-made meals at all mm. it just saves you buying the ingredients yeah but it was i'm sure most adults probably have those same sort of meals that yep. they cook and that and they Rinse just and repeat yeah, yeah you know semi-rotate through them mm-hmm. so it was nice to to have you know be given the already the ingredients and a recipe of course you could just buy a recipe book or whatever but just the fact that it kind of comes to you with yeah. the, the recipe book the the recipe and everything you need instructions yeah. there and the ingredients and you can kind of already then just yeah you know make it opposed to you know when you want to if you ever do decide to try a new recipe and you're like, and you have to buy a whole kilo bag of something cause you need 30 grams yeah. of, yeah, yeah. And then you never use it again. And then by the time you go to use it, you're like, it's got weevils in it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. We still have all, all the, like my girlfriend saved all the recipes. They're still in like a drawer. Like so do we, we yeah. Them. My wife she, saved them. They're in like a binder out. thing. And some, yeah. some of the, some of the meals like we, we actually cook regularly, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, today, hello fresh. We are talking about, HelloFresh. Sponsor. Right. Is it worth it? Can you see? Yeah, HelloFresh. Yeah, today's, yeah, today's sponsor. <laughs> should you get oh, HelloFresh? We, we should hit them up to sponsor this episode. For I that know. Intro. If, if anyone buys HelloFresh post listening to this episode, you got to put something in your notes being like, oh, I heard this on I the Beyond yeah. podcast. Sponsor them. That'd be huge. Anyway, we're talking about guard versus playing top. So guard players versus top players. And I think the question that everyone wants to know is, if you pull guard, will you go to Valhalla? No. I agree. Yeah. Um, pullers do not go to Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, right? Because it's been it's been changing. Well, it's changed due to the evolution of jiu-jitsu, right? If you go back to, I don't know, the 90s, early 2000s, no one kind of really pulled guard. Guard mm. was just this position that you used to not get past, right? But, but now, obviously people tend to favor pulling guard a lot of the time. Mm. Should you pull guard? Should you go for takedowns? It depends on where you are during your jujitsu journey, I think. Uh, At at white belt, for example, guard is less intuitive. So the advice for white belts is often to get on top and stay on top. I don't know if that's necessarily sound advice. I mean, it's it's okay. It's just very generic advice. But that advice is given on the, the understanding or the assumption that the white belt doesn't really know how to play guard. And to some extent, that's true. You know, it's less intuitive. So white belts are less likely to want to pull guard in a competition. 
So you're kind of then left with these two white belts standing who both want to be on top, but because they're white belts, their takedowns are usually pretty terrible. And then it turns right? into a really shit judo. Yeah, it turns into the worst judo match you've ever seen, right? And it's also, you know, when I was a white belt, I used to always pull guard, but I've got really long legs, so it's, you know, a bit easier for me because even though now I would say that people with short legs have better guards, but back then – jiu-jitsu wasn't where it is today so long leg people were the were the guard people and you could also jump guard back then as a white belt i remember so could, seeing i remember seeing a um, video that you titled road to blue belt where it was competition footage and a couple of those matches you jumped jump guard yeah. and you were probably like dq yeah, yeah. <laughs> you in ref, oh, fuck, ref, you're blind <laughs> So that kind of gave you that security that you didn't have to play open guard because white belts will often have an understanding of, you know, perhaps close guard and, and half guard, but open guard is definitely something that takes longer to develop. I prefer open guard. I, th I feel like I have more options. Yeah, but you're just an exceptional white belt, well, Kieran. I, I, no, 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 I'm not trying to say like, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, fucking you know, fluff my own feathers here, but – I feel as though there are more options from open guard because from open guard- well, Of course there's more options. It's open. It's in the name. Yeah, okay. I'll shut the fuck <laughs> up. That's like a real white belt thing to say. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. feel like an armbar is a submission. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I prefer it over play guard. Yeah. You know, I think that's good that you're already at a point that you feel- comfortable to play open guard but you can see what i'm saying that oh yeah you know six months ago you wouldn't have had oh, that, fuck no. that and, and look at my competition footage right like some of the matches i i won by getting a uh getting the takedown um and then the rest of the match was in close guard and yeah. they couldn't pass my close yeah guard. yeah right so i think as, as a white belt it's hard but and now that you're not allowed to jump close guard as a white mm. belt you have to essentially pull open guard yeah and so it's more daunting, right? People don't want to do it. But does that mean you should not be a guard puller? Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, like, I like coming against guard people that pull guard because I want to play top. So it yeah, feeds so, into my my style. And it look, it also depends on the rule set you're in. If you look at standard IBJJF rules, uh, you have to have a grip to pull guard. Mm. If you look at ADCC rules, you know. Uh, they have a whole thing with no points for the first half of the match and, you know, uh, not being allowed to pull guard and things like this. Then you look at who's number one and you don't even have to have a grip to pull guard. The match you starts and from about 800 metres away, the dude sits on his butt and butt scoots over. Yeah. So, you know, you've kind of got all three, you know, categories there. Of course, like with any sport, people are going to uh, – Try to, you know, not not rig the system, but if you can find ways to get around certain rules to play in your favor, people are going to do that, right? And I think Keenan Cornelius is a master of that. In in what in what sense? In like finding, not necessarily in in his own words, not necessarily being the better athlete on the day, but understanding his game plan to work with the rules so well that he, he wins anyway. Yeah, right. Then there's, Which there's, there's a, nothing wrong with that. You it's know? like what a quarterfinal match, I think the infamous um, Keenan Cornelius match where he was down by like 10 advantages but up by two points and he yeah, won and right. it was like 2019 IBJJF Worlds. Yeah, so and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean Keenan is not necessarily known as someone who has boring fights, you know. His fights are pretty dynamic so yeah. it's not – 
It's not like he's just running out the clock with super boring matches. Oh, no, no. That's not what I meant. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, guard playing is probably the more dominant position at the moment, you know, and that's just due to how good people how, – how difficult it has become to pass people's guards uh, and the possibilities that, that playing guard gives you in terms of being able to take you straight to a submission or a position that gives you a submission. So that's obviously very evident with leg locks, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in no gi. And in the gi, the, the strength of, of bearing bolos and taking you straight to someone's back, right? So guard playing has almost been, to some extent, has, has become the more advantageous position. I personally prefer to play on top. I like playing guard too, but I used to have people always pull guard on me because they would go, oh, man, he's got really long legs. He's really tall. He must have a good guard. I don't want to deal with it. And they would pull guard. And I would, and I would think, yeah, sweet. Now I wanted to be on top anyway. Oh, cool, I didn't yeah. get two points for a takedown, but I'm in the position I wanted to be in. I'd much know? rather – like if in, in a competition environment, I'd much rather the opponent pull guard. Yeah. And it's only ever bit me in the ass once. Yeah. <laughs> really it, badly. What, what which, oh, that was, was when, that the triangle one? Yeah, that, that's when I, I came in super arrogant. Obviously, I, this was a while ago. My jiu-jitsu was nowhere near what it what it is today. Um, but I came in, uh, my opponent pulled guard straight away and almost instantly I fell into a triangle. Yeah, was that was terrible. a tough match. Yeah, fucking sucked. Yeah, and, you know, what I also like about being on top is that – if something, if you get a lot of the time when you get swept, you often get swept into a guarded position. You know, when you're against similar level people, you don't often get swept to mount or swept to side control. Of course, it happens. But a lot of the time, the sweep results in you landing in your own guard. So then you're still in a position to recover. However, when you're on the bottom and shit goes south, you end up in side Just control or. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's, it's changing and my opinion's changing with with the amount of, of leg locking and the fact that playing guard has become such a dominant position that people's guard retention is is so high. I almost feel like the rules need a tweak to re-incentivize people to pass, you know, uh, kind of like in, uh, you know, kind of like in video games when they try to rebalance it by changing how certain characters work because they – you know, they look at the stats and they go, man, no one plays this character mm. because they're crap. We need, buff them, yeah. yeah, we need to buff them. We need to improve them mm. so more people want to play this character. I almost feel like, you know, maybe you get four points for a guard pass now instead of three or something to, to re-incentivize people to pass because it's definitely, you know, the entertaining. You're really entertaining to see people pass and like it feels really rewarding as well oh yeah you know i love watching a a, a match where you know someone's known as having an incredibly good guard and then they get pass and the crowd just you know yeah man just roars it's something you know it's awesome to see well let's talk about in passing versus trying to retain your guard in a competition environment because that's sort of where where we're leaning toward what about in terms of energy consumption versus conservation. Yeah, so I was going to go on to that point as well. And I I think most people who train would already know the answer to this. What position do you opt for when you're in training and you're tired? God, 100%. Because you get to lie down. Yep, lie down, (laughs) just wiggle your legs around. Yeah. Uh, 
I think as a whole, it's definitely more tiring being mm. on top. In saying that though, when things are going bad for you on the bottom, it's incredibly tiring as well. And then when you get, and then mm. if then it, that going bad turns into being bad as in getting past, you then end up there with, with no gas left. Yep. And then you're no gas on the bottom. And if someone is like punishing you for it, like I've spoken about this before, but if you pass my guard, you fucking punish me for it. For example, when whenever um, you're in my half guard, your your method with me a lot of the time is to apply a lot of pressure and obviously work uh, the pressure pass yep. uh, to get out of half guard. For those that don't know, essentially involves an incredibly strong cross face but with uh, Adam's shoulder driving up into my throat rather than like, you know, on the face. Yeah. On the face. So you it's pretty, a, much, can't pretty much like a Von Flute choke almost, without yeah. it being a Von Flute choke. Exactly. Yeah. So it could almost be a submission if I don't move, right? If you don't let me pass. If I don't yeah. let you pass. Yeah. yeah. And he's pretty much up on his toes, so much pressure driving down. And when I'm in that position, what I used to think is, fuck, I, I, I just want you to pass so this stops. Yeah. But then once you pass, it doesn't stop. So then not only is, is, is it the same position, but it's worse because you've now passed my guard. So what I've learned is to think at least he hasn't passed. You yeah. know what I mean? So this, this is shit. I don't want to be here right now, but at least he hasn't passed Because when yet. he passes, he just keeps going. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking stop, man. And um, so, so yeah, that's, that's how I see being like just piggybacking off your point about being fucking tired, playing guard, and then getting passed anyway. It's shit. Yeah. It's shit. But if 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 the question is what should I what should I work on or what should I become proficient at, mm. I think it's hard to argue if you want to follow the meta of jujitsu. Uh, and I don't know is that a niche term to say something's meta no. or is it like because I had never heard of it outside video games. Do people yeah. know what it means to I say something's so. Jeremy, meta? Jeremy Skinner talks about um, yeah, meta a, a lot. He gets questions about it. I see it. I see it a lot in the. Okay, so. But Jeremy's a super nerd. Explain well. explain meta. Well, it just means what the what is currently the current. best proven strategy, yeah. right? Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, so if you want to follow the meta scene of jujitsu, it's it's hard to argue with that the guards the better position. I you know, majority of the fights where the winner usually wins the fight from a guarded position. Mm. I think it's really hard to argue with that, especially no gi with mm. leg locks and, and, and all that. But what should you work on? Should you be a top player or a guard player? If we're, yeah, for competition, you've got to get good at guard. You have, well, you, there's no buts about it. You have to be good at both. Because even if you're a, even if you choose, man, I'm going to follow the meta, I'm going to be a guard player. Well, what if you, you're not successful in, in submitting them? And what if you're not able to bolo them and take your back and you sweep them and end up on top? And you don't know how to pass guard, you know, yeah. like you have to be able to do both. And same as if you're a guard, a, a, a passer and you get swept and, you know, you have to have, you have to be able to do both. Of course, you'll always have one that you're, you're a bit better at and one that you enjoy more. So if you're following the meta, yeah, guard's definitely where it's at at the moment, but you still have to learn to pass. So what should you work on when? And my advice is you find a particular partner in the gym and you make that person your goal and you work on that with them. So what, what do I mean by that? Let's say, let's say uh, 
Okay, Ollie's one of our purple belts. He's got good, uh, he's been working a lot on his Bernardo style passing, lots of like over under stack passing, real heavy pressure. Deep half. You know, deep half. Yeah, yeah, but when he's on top, I'm oh, saying, Roger, yeah. yeah. So, uh, fucking knee bars. Yeah, yeah. So from here, yeah, does those Bernardo knee bars. But yeah, you, you saying deep half, right? Yeah. So, Ollie, you have different problems. If you are on top, you deal with that. If you're on bottom, you, you deal with that. So, I look at Ollie as a training partner and go, okay. I feel I can deal with his deep half easier than I can deal with his passing. So I'm going to play guard with him, right? Because I, ideally that's what I want to work on with him. Like that's the, the weaker part of my skill set. I'm in the gym to train to get better, right? Yeah, sometimes that is to get better at what you're already good at, but I'm trying to fill the holes of my game, right? You do need to be well-rounded to a certain extent. You know, you will always specialize in something. So I look at that person in the gym and I go, okay, what are they better at? Or what am I worse at against that person? And that's where I'm going to go. I'm always going to try to put myself at a, not at a disadvantage, right? But I'm always going to put myself in the weaker situation, if that makes sense. It does. Slightly different if we're doing comp training, because then it's also about, you know, well, now I'm not wanting to lose at all. I don't even want to concede an advantage. No, screw you, Ollie. I'm not even going to let you get on top. You know, I'm actually going to take you down or force you to pull guard because I'd prefer to deal with your deep half than your passing, but we're competition rolling. So I'm competition mindset. That's different. But if we're training to improve, I want to work on what I'm the worst at, mm. right? And every different partner presents me different, uh, different uh, problems that I need to solve. Right? So you got to look at your training partners like a tool, which they are, right? And you're yeah, a tool to them. Tools, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing I will say, and I hate seeing this, man, is when you get two people who both want to work on their top game. So let's say I, would, I do want to work on my top game with Ollie, right? I need to pause for more caffeine before I go. <laughs> Straight to the veins. Let's say I, need to, I want to work on my top game with Ollie. And in that particular role, he's also thinking he wants to work on his top game. And like most gyms, we're starting on our knees, okay? And then we're just essentially wrestling on our knees. Man, I'm not going to waste my time with that bullshit. You know, it's a waste of time. You know, if I can't, after a few seconds, get Ollie on his back or force him to pull guard, I'm just going to pull guard. I'd prefer to – it's a waste of both of our time. That is – that's not a position you need to spend any time. It has literally never existed in a real competition role where two dudes are on their knees wrestling. Like it doesn't exist. We just do that as a, to lessen the amount of stand-up we do in jujitsu, right? So I'm just going to pull guard if that's the case. Right. I prefer to just pull guard and, and, and work on that. Yeah, I'm just reflecting just, on my own experiences and what I've been doing. I've not been doing that. Like I, I ended up. But do you see what I mean oh, about I, it's a waste it's, of time? It's hundred. Yeah, What's the point correct. of wrestling on your knees? One hundred percent correct. I get in that position a lot with with big guys. Just but, be the bigger man, Kieran, and, yeah, and, and, and push them harder. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So whenever I'm like rolling with a, you know, that exact scenario, so we have some big guys in the gym that like to play top, but I, in my mind, I'm like, I cannot let them get on top because then they they settle in and they smash. That's true as well. Thinking yeah. back to the last episode, if you didn't catch that in episode 35, we talked about how to deal with side control and mount. And that was a concept that that came up uh, quite a lot. So when I'm rolling with the, you know, equal skill, but they have a weight advantage, I'm like, no, I need to be on top. Because if, if they get on top, I'm going to have a hard time escaping, even if I'm in, in guard. 
or like maybe this opponent has a very particular guard pass from my close guard that works every time um, because of whatever reason I haven't been able to deal with it. Uh, I don't want to get into a position where I need to then escape to get on top anyway. So I'm like, nah, fuck you. We're going to wrestle on our knees until I get on top. <laughs> yeah. I, I get in that mindset or even a mindset when I'm rolling with Samir. Samir is a white belt at our gym, very, very tough. Um, he's been a white belt for just over a year and he's a brown belt in judo. Whenever we start standing with Samir, I always pull guard. I'm not fucking around. Yeah, like because yeah, he's, he's quite a competent brown belt oh, yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's. I think he, he would be a black belt if he went home to, to get promoted. Yeah, it's believe, the, the, in, the in only judo. reason he's not is because he's moved over to Australia from Chile, yeah. like typical working visa thing, yeah. and he just doesn't want to grade under – yeah, judo works a bit different, the grading system, because mm. it is an, uh, an Olympic sport. It yeah. has like a, an official, official lineage. Uh, mm. I don't know if committee is the right word, but an official sort of rules and regulations because it's an Olympic sport, right? Uh, so he doesn't want to just grade under someone here in Australia. Mm. He, he only wants to grade under his instructor back which, home which in is Chile. Very, very which, respectable. Yeah, which yeah. I mean – I'm not going to fault sense. him for that, but it's pretty much the only reason why he's not a black belt. In which, judo. which sucks because then he would um, only be able to compete at blue belt. If he was a is it black belt in judo, you, you can't compete. Since at white when? Belt. Who said that? That that's uh, is IBJJ. that in the IBJJ Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, really? straight up, straight up. If if you're a black belt in judo, you you automatically go to blue belt in competition for uh, jujitsu. Likewise, other way around. If you're a black belt in jujitsu, you automatically go to the. Uh, is it still blue belt? The equivalent no, in judo. No, their belt after white is green. I want to say green. But either way, you cannot compete at white belt in jiu-jitsu. Really? I yep. didn't, I, I didn't yep. know that. I do know that back in the day, if you were a black belt in judo, you just can't, You just like automatically got your purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Ooh. You were just given your purple belt. I don't think that's applicable. No, not, no, not that doesn't, that does, that no, doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But I mean, before jiu-jitsu – was what it is, yeah. you know, that, that kind of made sense yeah. that it doesn't now. Yeah. But I didn't know that was an official rule. It's official rule, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it even says, even even in smaller smaller organizations, it even has in the fine print, it has a caveat for judo people and wrestlers as well. I'm not quite sure how it works in wrestling. Uh, I think they, they do it if you've ever meddled at an event or something like that. But right. say, for example, if you train freestyle wrestling or uh, Roman – uh, Greco-Roman Greco, Greco wrestling um, and you medal or podium at an event, you cannot then compete at beginner slash white belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's legit. It's anyway, legit. yeah, pull guard against – Yeah, 100% I pull guard because yeah. like at the end of the day, I'm probably – this is my thought pattern behind it. I'm probably not going to get anything out of standing up with Samir because he's definitely going to win and I'm probably not going to learn – well, it depends. If we trained a lot and we drilled a lot around it, yeah, I could eventually. But when we're doing competition-style training and I get partnered up with Samir, which happens a lot because we're very similar weight and similar skill level, yeah, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to, like, concede a sweep into – because you always get, yeah, like, side control. Concede a takedown. Yeah, I'm not, it, yeah. Sorry, yeah, concede a takedown into him being in a dominant position yeah. um, and go for his he, – he, because of his judo back background, his go-to game is sweep and armbar. Sweep into a position where he can armbar. Yeah, he's got that very good typical judo armbar. Exactly, exactly. So he's trained it for so many years. So what I do is I just play guard straight away and then work my own sweep. Yeah. And, you know, it's not something he's used to being in that position as much as yeah. getting the takedown. Anyway, yeah. I digress. So, <laughs> yeah, guard or top flare, what, what, what should you do? 
like I said, if you want to follow the meta and and you know that's fine. It's all it's pretty all about guard at the moment. You know, yeah, the last who's number one people just sitting down from the other side of the mat. Yeah, which I actually hate that rule. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm glad it's not my job to come up with the rules. We had the episode where we. Uh, how I think it was the episode we spoke about gi versus no gi, and I was kind of saying there needs to be an international body or or something. Whether mm. no gi and gi are different sport, I I don't know. Someone needs to make a decision, but I don't like that rule. I think there there needs to be some sort of connection before you're allowed to sit down. I think I, I don't I don't like the just sitting down from mm. from the beginning with there being zero contact. You know, just realistically, right if someone did that in a street fight or something. Like if we look yeah, at, if we look at jujitsu as self-defense for a moment and look at it as it feeds into uh, UFC, MMA, I should say more accurately. If someone in, in MMA came into the octagon, the first thing they did is sit down. Chances are they get fucking flogged. Well, they would actually just be told to stand back up, I exactly. believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really like that, that, point or that sentence that people say, you know, if it was self-defense or if it were a street fight. I mean, I'm just even looking at it from an entertainment point of view. Fair enough. I'd, you know, I don't, I don't really like it. I find it not super entertaining. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. And, you know, I'm just one person who's my opinion from an entertainment point of view. I would like if there was more of a rule. You know, I think one of the best rule sets and I think – sort of more or less unanimously people agree with this, that ADCC rule sets is one of the, the more entertaining rule sets to watch. Yeah, because they, um, they penalise pulling guard, they penalise yeah, you know, not for progressing. F- yeah. Uh, so I don't like that who's number one is kind of ADCC rules, but without, without a few of those penalties. Yeah, anyway. So you could follow the meta and go guard playing, but man, at the end of the day, I reckon you just play what you have the most fun doing because jujitsu constantly changes, Mm. you know? Yeah, if you ask this question in the 90s or early 2000s, people would tell you to be on top, you know, that there was really no value in playing guard. Uh, Not no value, but yeah, it was almost just like a a position that existed to not get your guard pass, right, Mm. just to survive. Now it's obviously a super offensive position. And that it might swing the other way again in the future. You know, when Jeremy was on on the podcast episode 31, 31 you know, when we talked about how more wrestling is becoming important, particularly Nogi, mm. right? And he was saying, you know, what if jiu-jitsu just essentially turns into wrestling? You know, so that could change, you know. It could – and more college wrestlers filtering over into jiu-jitsu – will jiu-jitsu essentially just become submission wrestling, mm. you know, and uh, and will will the, the top players get so good at just shutting down guard players that then guard playing will fall by the – not fall by the wayside, but, you know, be it'll popular, be – Yeah, be less, be less popular, less effective because everyone is just, you know, mm. uh, you know, just whether they get the takedown or not, everyone is just passing and submitting or whatever. Well, or, I think that's happening slowly but surely already. I was uh, watching an instructional – uh, one of Gordon Ryan's instructionals and pretty much in his intro, he was saying that early days in his career, he played a lot of guard. He, cause he was like from the Danaher desk squad. They were smashing everyone with leg locks, right? Mm. That was when that exploded onto the scene. People got wise to it and got very effective at shutting down his guard and didn't even want to engage with him in his guard. Right. So they would pull guard or 
you know, he would be forced to be on top. So what he said is as time has passed, the evolution of his game has, has gone from almost exclusively a guard player to being almost opposite, almost yeah. exclusively a top player and just dominating that field. So it can change uh, It can change sport-wide mm. what is meta, but mm. also for you as an athlete. Exactly. So I would say you just do what you have to learn both, mm. right? But when you're making that decision as to what you really want to be good at, like because you – I mean – you can be ambidextrous about it to some degree, but you're always going to be a little bit more one or the other, I Should believe. Should you pick one? So the question, question I want to- Well, I think to you're going to pick one by default. Just you, you're going you're gonna to gravitate towards it automatically. It's, okay. it's not like you will automatically split it 50-50. By, by default, your mm. brain is going to think more about passing sequences or more about sweep sequences. It's going to- you know, your mind's going to – that jujitsu rabbit hole that your brain goes down when you're lying in bed at night and you can't – you know, it's going to go more towards what interests you. That's just automatic. So mm-hmm. do what you find more fun. Like for me, I actually – I kind of often change between the two of them, but gun to my head if I was asked now, I get more satisfaction out of passing someone's guard than I do out of sweeping them. Yeah, you me know? too. And then, yeah, I can submit them from guard, but I almost don't find that as satisfying, even though it should be more satisfying because it wins the fight. I, I The feeling of passing someone's guard, yeah. I don't know. For me, it just almost feels better than a submission. Like it's just the ultimate – I don't know why, but there's something in me that that finds that one of the most satisfying feelings I get in jiu-jitsu I think, is at, passing someone's guard. At the threat of sounding a little bit barbaric, I think it's – in, in my perspective, passing someone's guard is almost like a clear physical rep- representation of dominating that person. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? By overcoming, yeah. like beating them, right? Yeah, because it, it's, essentially, it's essentially like their, it's their strongest weapon mm. is their guard mm-hmm. in that scenario because they're the one on the bottom mm-hmm. and and you beat that. Yeah. You know, I've- yeah. It's yeah. almost this for me. It's almost as satisfying as escaping a triangle. That is at the <laughs> moment. That is my most satisfying thing. Ever, is getting locked up in someone like Jonas, which his game is triangles. When I escape his triangle, I'm like fuck yeah. I look forward to when you're like fuck yeah. I didn't even get in your triangle. Yeah, yeah, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. But I will. I will say, uh, like as a whole, I find passing way more. I get way more self satisfaction out of it than sweeping or even submitting. However, one sweep that I get a huge amount of satisfaction Ooh, out of. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it something to do with X guard? No. Okay. Overhead? Yeah, yeah. overhead sweeps. Fun. So like uh, in Portuguese we call like a balloon sweep, like an overhead sweep. I find that incredibly satisfying and I'll tell you why. Because you get – this moment of it's almost like time slows down because you get this moment where your opponent is, I mean, they're never 100% in your control in any form in jujitsu because it's a whole other body. But you have this moment where you, you have all of them, like their hands are off the mat, their feet are off the mat, they're, they're up there and, and you just flip them over the top of you. Like you have this moment and sometimes you see that look in that, their face of that, oh, oh shit, yeah. you know, and it's just that moment. It's almost for me, time slows down, that moment where they're just like, it's almost like 
spinning a basketball yeah. on your finger or something like that and you just get to go shoop. And, and just you flip them over mount. you. So good. Yeah, even if you don't get to mount, I don't care, man. I like I, it. And, I really and like I've done it. Feeling. I've done it to you a few oh, times. And, so many. And man, you hit the deck hard. <laughs> and I remember one time actually when I was, I think I was a blue belt. And I think any lower belts would probably uh, resonate with this when sometimes you're rolling, especially if you're rolling uh, in a competitive environment and you kind of hit something good or you like you wonder if your coach is watching or or you know you do something and then you look to see if your coach saw it you know <laughs> did you just see that I passed so and so's guard <laughs> and I remember one time uh I was training with I think I, yeah I was blue belt and I was training with this purple belt and it was a big heavy dude and I hit this massive overhead sweep on him and man he just fell like a ton of bricks and i remember just then hearing fabio's voice he was like boy adam like yeah nice one adam and i was just like fucking yeah you know <laughs> yeah yeah i I, re- I really find that sweep quite satisfying but but yeah as a whole like, i find guard passing more satisfying for me so i prefer to play guard and i kind of devote a bit more time to it because i have more fun doing it can you, know? you officially i have a question on that overhead sweep can you officially hit that unofficially but can is it is it right to hit? Try to hit that sweep from something like butterfly because I hit it on Samir yesterday. Yeah, overhead. Yeah, I was in butterfly and I just took one hook out, grabbed his belt, and just fucking yeah. chucked him. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah you can do it from butterfly guard as well. Yeah. So basically, the principle of the sweep is you need one foot planted on the mat. Not necessarily, no. So like oh, the, okay. I do it from De La Hiva with no feet on the mat. I keep my De La Hiva hook and the foot on your hip. I don't put any foot on the mat. Oh, and then you just push the. Well, it's more more about like overhead sweeps are more about you scooping under your opponent. Right. So you don't actually need to have that foot up in between their, up their groin sort of thing. No, no. Right. Nor do you need a foot on the mat. You can do. Right. So the way I've been thinking about it is, you know how you can hit that from standing if they they have the single leg? Um, Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. So you'll, you'll, they have the single leg, they've, clamped it between their legs, you reach over, yeah. grab their belt, sit back and just chuck them. I pretty much apply that same principle to but, being on the to yeah. being on bottom in like in, in an open guard or something like that. And yeah. I've been getting it. And I was just wondering if I'm missing something or like no, if no. I'm just muscling it or whatever. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, just focus more like I mean I didn't see you do it, but mm. but yeah, with all your overhead sweeps, yeah, there's definitely obviously pulling and chucking them, but it's also the super important part is scooping yourself underneath them. Right. To right? more leverage. That's the concept of, of getting under so you'd yeah, have think, more leverage on them. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know, if any golf players are listening, think about like if you want to hit a golf ball really high, you know, you you like the club scoops or kicking a soccer ball. Under if you it. want you know, when a soccer player is choosing whether he's going in the top right-hand corner of the net or keeping the ball going along the ground. It's where their foot hits in relation to the ball and the ground, right? That makes sense. I think it makes most sense. I think think anyone listening would would have played enough variations of sport to understand that, I believe. I'm going to give that, I'm going to give that a go. It's all about, it's all about scooping under the men. Like if you watch some of the, one person who does it, you know, I don't want to say better than anyone, but who does it incredibly well is if you watch Marcelo, Marcelo Garcia's rolling, you know, whether it's his competition footage or if you just roll, watch some of his videos of him rolling in his gym, 
Man, he gets in under people so well. Like Marcelo's known for butterfly guard and X guard, right? Yeah, that's right. his thing, and he just gets in under people so well. That's so interesting. And even Gordon now, you watch Gordon, he get like they get to the leg entanglements by scooping under people in a similar fashion you would to do an overhead sweep, but they don't overhead sweep; they go in under the legs. Yeah, right. It's interesting that you said that Marcelo Garcia is known for. Um, he essentially, guard he essentially guard. invented X guard. Shit, I had no idea because at the moment, like the two guards I've been really honing in on are but butterfly guard and X guard. I find myself in that position a lot. I'm really, really enjoying X guard. Um, yeah, and I'm like really the, enjoying the, butterfly. The Denaher squad have different names for it. I can't remember what they call it. What do they call X guard? They like oh, Ashigurami and you know, like single leg X, right? Which it's been known for for forever. Right. They have, right. a, well, they use all those weird Japanese names. I can't right. remember what they call single leg X and X guard, but anyway, my, Marcelo is essentially uh, yeah. probably the most famous for it. Right well, there, you go. So if you look at him and his ability to scoop under people, right? You know, I really like those those guarded positions because I feel like my hooks have so much control, particularly when we're talking more open style guards. Like if if I have both my hooks in in butterfly and I'm seated sitting up and I'm in like an aggressive posture, I feel like just by extending the hooks, I have a lot of control over my opponent. Yeah. And the same with with uh, X guard, it just leads to so much instability on the person on top. Whenever I'm in X guard, it generally lends itself to a sweep and then I get to where I want to be anyway, which is on yeah. top. Yeah, which is why you need to know how to play both, right? Exactly. Speaking about, about hooks, right, it's – Really important to understand as well the the strength of your hooks and the angle of your hooks. So when you look at you were talking about Gordon passing, uh, you know, and he does a lot of leg pummeling, okay, mm. and that's that's built off the back of the necessity to leg pummel in the le- the leg lock game, and he's taken that to his passing. It's what allows him to leg pummel so successfully is also understanding how hooks work. And what I mean by that is let's say you're in a compressed butterfly guard. So your, your knees are really bent. That makes your angles really strong. So you've got like a big knee line, right? Because the angle is really strong. Your hooks are really strong, but as you start to extend, right? And your leg straightens the angle of your knee becomes less, Acute. Uh, less acute, thank you. Becomes less acute, so it becomes something, it becomes a limb that is easier to pummel over, right? So take X guard, for example. If someone's really compressed in X guard, it's very hard to get over their their shin or knee or hooks because the angles are so acute, they're really sharp and sticky and like sticky is in stuck to your, your hamstring or the, the back of your knee or whatever. But as they extend and stretch you out, those angles become much softer and become a bit easier to cut your knee over or pummel your foot over, right? So it, it's similar to when we when I talk about spider guard and that you shouldn't stay in extension, right? Because then where do you go from there? And once you're extended, that's where someone wants your limb to be anyway. So they can throw, to, yeah, yeah, and they can like circle their wrist out yeah, and, get out, you know, yeah. and, and get the foot off the bicep. So similar thing, right? Uh, uh, the analogy I, I always give is if you were a boxer, you don't st- stand there with your arms out straight. How do you then throw a punch, right? You know, like you have your guard in, you have your 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 knees, knees bent. Knees to chest sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, until you need to 
throw the punch until you need to extend them. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily relevant to guard versus, you know. Definitely relevant. Playing, but Definitely relevant. I think at some point in these episodes, I use it as an opportunity to fix my game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Uh, it's on flow they grappling. Flow there, the, 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 fix the fix my game, which is they're an awesome quite, segment. Yeah, they're quite they're yeah. quite cool little segments, right? They usually have one of the flow guys roll a little bit with whoever yes, they it is. Do. Yeah. And then they just kind of have this open yeah. sort of as if they're doing roles and then having an yeah. open dialogue about like a kind of semi-private and you're just the fly on the wall yeah, watching exactly. it. It's quite cool. I got some really awesome um, stuff from, uh, I just so happened to be watching it the other day. Keenan Cornelius was showing uh, a way to utilize your lapel in a pressure pass. And I was like, yep, I'll take yeah, that. Nice. Yeah, it was sick. Do you have the like flow grappling? Y- yes. For the next, how, how many years subscription did you have to sign up for? Um, it was 10 years. 10 years. Uh, signed a contract. <laughs> In 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's quite a quite a cool segment. Do you reckon that guy from Flow Grappling, I don't even know his name, do you reckon when he trains? The brown belt guy. I don't know. Aren't they all brown belts? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He definitely trains because he's got cauliflower ear. But do you reckon that guy takes his glasses off when he trains? Oh, that guy. No. Or is he just full Bono? No, he, he never need, takes he needs them off. Needs the shades, man. He needs the shades. Yeah. Fucking take your glasses off inside, bro. Yeah, you remind me Such of those, a chump. That, that I hate boomer. Him. You remind me right now. Do you for, call the, me a boomer? For the yeah, Australian right, audience, they will they will understand what I'm talking about. You're going to reference someone I don't know. Who yeah, you know, remember about. Corey, the guy that threw that house party and was oh. wearing his sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, and then the yeah, media yeah. chick from like a current affair was like, "Take your glasses off and apologize." Yeah, like, yeah, no. yeah. And, and then she's like, "Why aren't you taking your glasses off?" He goes. Because they're famous. Yeah, yeah. It was this <laughs> it's old school meme before memes were a thing. Uh, for for those that aren't Australian, if you look up like Corey Media House yeah, Party, it's essentially a teenager who yeah. threw a house party while his parents were away. Yeah, and like it was the mother so, of all house parties. It was such a like a disaster that yeah, yeah. The the news even came and interviewed him. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was and insane. Like, Can't you even you know sorry? Apologize. Yeah, and he's like no. no. Yeah. No, I didn't do the I didn't do the damage or something like that. He's do you remember Trent classic. from Punching? Have you seen Oh yeah, that? Trent, Trent Punchbowl? Punchbowl. Punchy. Yeah, I Punchy. think the YouTube clip was Trent from Punchy, but yeah, yeah another Australian yeah. sort of idiot crackhead funny YouTube video. I don't know if that one's a uh I don't know if that was a setup though. Like oh, if, yeah, if it was a skit or yeah, not, I'm not skit. sure. I think yeah, it's a right. skit. But either way. But yeah, yeah it makes sense. But um, I had a question, sorry, I just I, I just remembered it. We were talking about X card, right? Mm. So apologies if people find this irrelevant to them, but I'm in X guard a lot and I have the- On over, top or- On bottom, bottom sorry. Right. I'm, 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 someone's in my X guard, I should yeah. more appropriately say. Like not single leg X, X guard, yeah. proper. And I have the overhook on their ankle and I yeah. want to transition to the underhook to have their- Leg up on, leg up shoulder. on my shoulder. Yeah. But I'm doing it so clunky at the moment when I just literally take it out, I have no control- over yep. the ankle anymore and they just use it to pretty much get out of the position. Yeah. So the what you need to think about, again, like we, last episode when we were talking about uh, mount and side control, it's like the last three episodes now I've stressed the importance of understanding fundamentally how certain positions work and play out and off that understanding you you build your, your technique, right? And what was the what was the – the analogy I spoke about, like a couple of episodes, I said it's kind of like when you're a cook, instead of just saying yeah, like, oh, put more yeah, honey, yep. it's me saying, well, you need to add some, add some sweetness and then you do with that what you will, right? Yep. Once you understand that. So what you need to understand is 
you've got like the overhook, like the footlock position on, mm-hmm. on that ankle and you want to get it over to your shoulder. Yeah. Okay. So two things, right? Well, I need to lift it. So I want to make it lighter. But if I just let go of that ankle, they can put that knee on the mat and yeah. turn it to into sort of this butterfly half position, yeah. or they could simply step the leg back and then they're back into whatever open guard. So what you want to do is you want to load up their rear leg, right? So you transfer their weight onto that far leg, essentially taking that foot that you have the, the, the control of off the mat. So now it's nice and light, right? As you transition it to it over your shoulder, right? If you're holding it with your left arm in that footlock position, as you transfer it to get it over your left shoulder, your right hand has to come in to like control the knee line. Or if it's in the gi, you could grab the cuff of their pants so or something. reach up to their knee itself? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And almost like fold it in, right? Because as you fold that knee in, that also lifts their ankle up and it uh, gets much easier to get under it. Because if you just simply let go of it, yeah. right? Well, their weight's already on that rear leg. So that leg's nice and light for them. There's nothing stopping them just stepping it back out of the way. Right. So you have to, as you pummel your hand under, you have to control that leg. And to, right? and to the create other, the weight, you're extending your hooks, right? That's right. Yeah. Or the other way that it can be done is if, depending on the size matchup, like let's say I was in your X guard because I'm much taller and I have really long legs, often my natural point of balance might be quite far apart, my legs. So you might actually not even have to transfer the weight. You might actually just kind of be able to like, like, you know, shuck yourself down and like, and like let go of the ankle and control it with the other hand. And instead of having Uh. to lift my, my, my foot up over to your shoulder, you might be able to like scooch your shoulder under my ankle. So I'm the person, I'm the thing moving. I'm not trying to move you. Yeah. Cause there might be enough space for you. Right. That makes sense. But the other way around, I wouldn't be able to do that. Like my, my, keeping my X hooks in and then my whole torso in between your legs. Like I don't fit there, mm. right? Because I'm, I'm too tall for the size of your legs, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And when you were describing, you know, loading up the foot, we, we use that, well, you use that technique to teach all sorts of entries and submissions and, and um, yeah, different it's techniques. standard entry yeah. into single leg X. Yeah. There's entries from spider guard into single leg X that you need to do that to avoid the back I'd stepping. That use that exact concept. So right. I think I was, I was just trying to, I don't know, muscle it. Yeah, because there's two two thoughts to when you load up a leg, right? You can either load up someone's leg to make the other leg light because let's say you want to you pick it up. So if I wanted to, you know, that's a concept with if I want to do a single leg, you might pull on the collar to load up that rear leg. So the leg I want to pick up is light, right? But then you've also got the opposite that is perhaps a bit more more judo style where I might load up that leg and then kick it out from underneath you, right? Or block it and trip you, okay? Whereas, you know, if I load up all your weight on your right leg and then kick out your left leg, you're not going to fall over. The leg's just going to kind of like dangle in the wind, Mm. right? But if I load up all your weight on your right leg and then kick that out from underneath you or block it as I pull you forward, right? So you can't hop on that leg, you'll fall, right? So that weight transfer, depends what you're wanting to do, but typically it's because you want to make one leg lighter to, to pick it up or make one leg have the base on it so then you can push that base over. Kazushi. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what that is. It means uh, imbalance in, wow, in Japanese. Go. Yeah, my Japanese is pretty dog shit. Learning some judo. My brother speaks a bit of Japanese. I should get him to give me a... 
He probably knows zero judo uh, <laughs> words, though, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. It's kind of like when I speak to Brazilians in Portuguese, like my, my, my jiu-jitsu vocabulary in Portuguese is far superior to them because they don't – because yeah. a bunch of the words, like they don't make sense outside of jiu-jitsu. Like even the word like underhook in Portuguese is, is grima and that's like, the, that's like fencing – you know, like, so it makes like no sense. So if you uh, said, okay. if you were having that conversation to someone who didn't train, they'd be like, what? Fencing, huh? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So I think we might leave it there. Guard versus top players. You know, if you want to be meta, be a guard player, right? But man, at the end of the day, it changes all the time. Regardless, you need to be able to do both. If you're a guard player, what if you sweep them and then you have to pass? You know, if you're a, a, a top player, what if you get swept and then they're in your guard, you know, and, and that's a big mistake. I see a lot of big, heavy white belts that are told, stay on top, get on top, and they have zero guard. Like, I mean zero. I don't mean just, oh, they're not a good guard player because they're not there yet. I mean zero. They've put zero time into it, okay? So you got to learn both in terms of what should you invest the most time into and yeah, the meta or what works, what's popular, it constantly changes in jujitsu, right? It's uh, so we don't know, man. We might see in five, 10 years, it's all about being on top. You know, guard players are just getting destroyed at the moment. That's not so. the case. Yeah, that's what Kieran's banking on. By yeah. the time he gets his black belt, it's all about guard play, uh, top pressure. I got everything on red. Yeah. <laughs> so just do what you, you enjoy the most, man. That's what I say. And find people in the gym that allow you to do both, mm. you know? And stop wrestling on your knees. So if you're someone pull guard, you know, it's better to pull guard and train than bloody knee wrestle. Makes sense. So if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to support the show by giving us a follow on wherever you're listening to this uh, podcast or give us a subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to go that extra mile and support the show further, we do have a Patreon page, completely optional. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you.